at a different uh, aspect on things today. The question was asked, why people hate the Jews so much? Now, to us, uh, perhaps, as evangelical Christians, you look and it doesn't make sense. Uh, or, as Americans, uh, sadly, I hate to say this, um, sometimes, and sometimes people in the church, I hate saying this, but uh, uh we don't always consider all the factors. Uh, we look at things from a very uh, limited vantage point. Uh, we don't consider the, the breadth of history oftentimes. 
And I guess this isn't just a Christian thing. It's not just an evangelical thing. It's, in fact, I would argue that it's just a human thing because uh, what is happening today in the uh, demonstrations and riots that are taking place in various cities around the world, uh, here in America, uh, London is another area where there's been much demonstration that's taking place. Um, why? Uh, why so pro-Palestine? Why so pro-Hamas? That's the question being asked. And again, I would purport to you that some of the issue is a very short view on history. Uh, and, and I have listened and, and read uh, some of the different views on, on history. Uh, and some go back only 70 years, 75 years, uh, maybe within the last 105 years, 106 years to 2000 to 1917. It's 2023, so 106 years ago uh, to 1917. Some go only back that far. Uh, some go back to uh, all the way back and consider all of all of history. And I want us to look at biblical reasons. I want us to look at cultural reasons. Uh, I want us to look at spiritual reasons. I want us to look at geopolitical reasons why there is such disdain to uh, for the Jewish people. Now, we say all this with a reminder that we believe as Christians that God said that those who curse Israel will be cursed. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. And so we will take the position of blessing Israel. Uh, we are told in uh, Psalm 122, verse 6. In fact, I'll put it up there so you can see it. But Psalm 122, verse 6 tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, and here it is. Uh Right there, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. And that would be the position that we would take. Um But we have to go way, way back in human history to consider uh, geopolitically uh, so we're going to go all the way back to uh, the book of Genesis chapter 12. Uh, because really, this is where the, the story begins in many, many ways. Uh, Israel did not exist prior to, and I mean Israel, the people, did not exist prior to uh, the book of Genesis. There were people, but uh, really we get the start of our understanding here in the uh, not quite middle, first third 
uh, of the book of Genesis. So Genesis chapter 12 is where the story really picks up. And I have some maps and things I'll show you. But Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, in fact, I have to go back one verse. Let me go back to uh, the verse here uh, at the end of Genesis chapter 11, uh, verse 27. This is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, who will later become Abraham. Nahor and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor uh, both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now, Sarai was barren. She had no children. Uh, Terah, took, uh, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of uh, Haran, and his father his, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there, and Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. This is the first clue. The nation of Israel was not in Canaan. Canaan being that area of that we now think of as Israel and Jordan. That that whole area uh, up into Syria, Lebanon. Uh, that was the area of Canaan uh, along the Mediterranean coast and the hills in that area, that was where they would head. Now, they don't get there initially. They went to Haran, and they settled there, uh, and he died in Haran. Now, then you pick up and you go into verse uh, into verse 1 of chapter 12. It says, the Lord said, Abram, leave your country. Now, the qu- question is, is it Ur or is it Haran? That's the question. Scholars go both ways. It says, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Now, again, we think this could be Haran, and I will show you on the map where this is in just a moment. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And here is the promise. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, you would say, wait a minute. So if God is saying all people will be blessed through you, then then why all this fighting? Why all this trouble? Why all these problems? Let me just get to the quick answer on that, because Messiah, Savior of mankind, Savior of people from their sins, will come through through the people of Israel, will come through the loins of Abram, uh, through Isaac, and then through Jacob, and then on down to David, and then on down to Mary and Joseph. And so we we can trace the the, uh, messianic lineage in this direction. So in that sense, all peoples on the earth would be blessed in this, what is called the Abrahamic covenant. Verse 4 says, so Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. 
Abram was 75 years old, and he set out from Haran. So those of you that are in your 70s and 80s, uh, this this is uh, inspiration for you to keep pressing on. It says, he took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lod, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and workers, perhaps even slaves, they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. Uh, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I'll give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, now listen, uh, the, the current situation gives insight into what we're reading. If, if you look through the lens of today's news, the news since October 7th, and, and you look back, you begin to see the problems here. The, Canaan, the Canaanites were in the land, it said, and then it said in verse 7, to your offspring, I will give this land. And He built an altar there. So the Canaanites were already there. Those people were already there when Abram showed up. It wasn't like other people came into his land. Now, I, I, I'm not disputing. I want to say this on the front side. I'm not disputing Israel's claim to the land because God gave it to them. I agree with that. I pray for Israel. I, I am pro-Israel. I Where is it? I am pro-Israel. No doubt about it. However, um, you can see from a geo- geopolitical uh, vantage point why there is hatred when you go back to Genesis chapter 12. And we will look at other things that factor in uh, in the family line of Abram that, that add further fuel to the fire uh, that leads us to the place today where people hate uh, the Jews. Um, let's pick up at verse 8. It says, From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Now, okay, this should inspire us spiritually. Now, AI, just for the record, we're not talking about AI as in the news today, AI as in artificial intelligence. This is a town. This is the place. We're not talking AI, artificial intelligence that that, uh, will do sentences for you and write books for you and do research for you or drive your car. We're not. This is a city. Okay. Just want you to understand this. And it says there he built an order to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Verse 10, now there was famine in the land. Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you now, now we're just going to go into another story. And I'm not going to get into all that. I mean, here is Abram saying to Sarah, you are so beautiful. The Egyptians are going to desire you. It gets into a lie and all those types of things. But what we do see here is, 
is that Abram wasn't the first person in this area, not even for a moment. So let me share with you this this map to give you a sense of uh, where uh, Abram began. And you look at the number one, there is Ur. So you read in Genesis, and we read in Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, you see him leaving Ur. Now you notice, what is north of Ur? Babylon. And I will uh, put another map up here in just a few moments to show you the map of the Middle East. He makes it to Babylon. From Babylon, he goes to Haran. And there in Haran, he is called by God. And this is where some think that, okay, he's in Haran. So when God calls him and it says he leaves his place, it's not talking about uh, Ur. It's talking about Haran. Where does he go? Number three, he goes down to uh, the promised land, uh, Genesis 12, verse 5. Here's Shechem. Uh, and then from Shechem, he goes down into Egypt during the famine. And then he returns up to the promised land in chapter 13, which we haven't read. In verse 1 tells us that he returns to the promised land. Uh and ends up in Hebron. Now, let me put the text back up for you and show you what it says in Genesis 13, verse 1. So Abraham went up from the from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had and a lot with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. Now, this is clue number two. A, a second thing that people uh, don't like reasons why people hate the Jews has to do with money, okay? So he became very wealthy in livestock and silver and gold from the Negev. He went to the place, place to place until he came to Bethel, which means house of God, to the place between Bethel and Ai where he sit, where his tent had been earlier and where he built the first altar. There Abraham called on the name of the Lord, and then it goes on and talks about Lot. And then it talks about the dispersion of land and, and all those different types of things. Now, that, again, that is the journey of Abraham. For those of you who are listening via podcast, you could put up the life and journey of Abraham map, do a Google search or a DuckDuckGo search if you're not using Google. Uh, some people don't like to use Google because uh, they see bias in Google. Um, but you can find this, uh, the life and journey of Abraham map, and that will come up for you. Now, that is the journey. Uh, I'll put up another map to show you with a little bit less detail. Ur to Babylon to Haran to Damascus or Aram, it was called then, into Canaan down to Egypt and back to Canaan. You you can see that. Now, again, he wasn't the first one there. This is a reason why there is such disdain for the Jews. Here's the map, uh, the current map of the Middle East. You see uh, Turkey to the north, Black Sea, and way above the Caspian Sea, you know there will be uh, Russia, 
in the various Stan countries above the Caspian Sea and above the Black Sea. Uh, Ukraine is there as well. So you'd see Turkey, you see Syria, you see Iraq, uh, you see Jordan, you could, you see Lebanon, which is a little sliver along the, uh, the Mediterranean coast, just north of Israel. You see Egypt, Sudan, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Oman, United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Bahrain, Kuwait, Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, you see, you, you see that area. And that area of the world has great disdain for Israel. And much of it goes back to the fact that Abraham wasn't there first. So there, there is clue number one. Clue number one is geopolitical in nature in the sense of he wasn't the first one there. There were other people living there. He showed up. God gives him the promise. Now, what do you do with the promise of God? Some people say, well, it's all God's fault that we have all this problem because God gave this blessing to Abraham. Some would want to blame God for that reason. Clue number two came in Genesis chapter 13, verse 2, when it talked about his wealth. Some people point today to the Jews and go, well, they, all the wealth that they have and they're, they're, they're money mongers and you know, they talk about what one of the um, slangs and slights that is given to Jewish people, uh, nodding to Jewish people is, you know, quit trying to Jew me down on that. They, they will use the word Jew to talk about uh, negotiation, to talk about bartering or dickering, if you will. And so stop, you know, they're, they're, they're a real Jew. Now, they don't mean ethnically Jew, but they're somebody who, who uh, manipulates and finagles and negotiates to try to get the price on something down or the price on something up or those types of things. And, and yes, they're very, very good at that. And there were days uh, throughout the ages when uh, Christians would not lend money to other people. And Jews had, the Jews said, we'll lend money to people. And we have no problem charging some usury for that. And so Jewish people became wealthy, but you point all the way back to, to Genesis chapter 13, verse 2, and, and, and you see clue number two. It's geopolitical, uh, and, and it has to do with, with wealth. Now, again, I, I need to say this. I didn't say it before. Not all Jewish people are wealthy people. That, that's not true at all. Uh, but there were some who, who made lots of money and, that was one of the things that, that you can read about, that people had disdain for Jewish people because of the money. Now, we go from here, and uh, the story of Abraham continues, and the story of why, uh, why, the, Jew, why the Jewish people are so hated, uh, and um, I, I need to take us to Genesis chapter 16, and we pick up more of the story now. Uh, the promise was given through uh, Abraham, all the nations on the earth would be blessed, so that promise is given, but yet Abraham had no offspring. They were barren. Sarai was barren, and God had given this problem, and now here is Lot, you know, in his 90s, and not Lot, here's Abraham in his 90s, and still no children, and what are they going to do? And so we go to Genesis chapter 16, where we pick up the story. 
Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar. Now, a clue into Hagar, she was from Egypt and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Now, see, here, here we, you begin to see uh, another clue into why people hate the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. It says, then Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. Now, wait a minute. Who's the one who said, go do this? It was her idea. And Abraham, being a man, looked at this probably much younger maidservant and went, mm-hmm, and said, I'll do that. Sure thing. You know it. So, and, and here he is, uh, well along in the years himself. But we see here uh, in verse 4, it says, she began to despise her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my maid in her arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. And Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. Now, there's a beautiful story here about Hagar uh, and about her son that will come into play. Uh, it says the angel, uh, verse 6, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to shore. So it tells us exactly where the spring is and where the road to shore was, and they could go back and find this uh Map this out, know, know the general area. And he said to Hagar, this is the Lord, servant of Sarai. Where have you come from and where are you going? She says, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. So this is a promise of the angel of the Lord given to Hagar. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now a child and you will have a son and you will name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Well, guess who his brother will be? The son of Abraham. She gave this name she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees El Roy. Uh, she said, for I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer Lehi Royai. Uh, it is there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son. Abram gave him the name Ishmael. Uh, and Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Now, here's clue number two, uh, or actually clue number three. Uh, several clues that we have to why people hate the Jewish people. Uh, and we see this 
uh, one uh, K uh, the geopolitical reason Abraham wasn't there first. That's reason number one. Reason number two, the wealth he accumulated in Egypt. That's reason number two. People despised all of the wealth. Now we see reason number three because of what happened with Hagar and Ishmael. Uh, this is the third reason, this family division. And God made a promise about Isaac, but God also made a promise to Ishmael. And it's very interesting to read what it says about Ishmael. And you wonder, where do we see all this hostility in the Middle East? Look at verse 12. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone or everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She experienced God's seeing. She experienced God knowing. She experienced God's care. Even Ishmael was experiencing God's care, and Ishmael would experience God's blessing as he would become numerous in that land as well. Now, we haven't gone very far this morning. We've only done a couple chapters of Scripture, but hopefully you begin to see some of, and we'll pick it back up here tomorrow, some of the reason why people hate the Jewish people. There's geopolitical reasons going back as far as as Genesis chapter 12. You're going back 4,000 years, roughly, give or take several hundred years. Uh, And you you see some of the family squabble that you begin to see here as well. And you see the whole issue of greed and wealth that begins to become part of the narrative that we will see here in 2023, October 7th, 2023. There are reasons. We'll, we'll cover much more as we pick this back up tomorrow. We'll look at it from a biblical vantage point. We'll consider some of the travels uh, of the Jewish people. In fact, we may end up being on this for three days, possibly, um, because there's so much here to discuss. Hopefully, you begin to see some of the reasons from Scripture why people despise the Jewish people. May that not be us. May we be people who take to heart what God said in Genesis chapter 12, that he would bless those who bless Israel and he will curse those who curse Israel. May we be those who bless. May we be those who pray for the peace of Israel. May we be those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, hear our prayer this morning as we pray for peace in the Middle East, uh, as we pray for uh the end of all the bloodshed and the violence. We know that, biblically speaking, that peace is not going to come. But nonetheless, we're told to pray for it, and to pray for the peace and the safety of Jerusalem, and to pray that there would be less carnage in Gaza and up in Lebanon and Syria. Father, hear our prayer. We know that, that you have plans for the nation of Israel. We know that you have plans for that very piece of ground uh, it, it is spoken prophetically. And so, Lord, we pray. Our hearts hurt for what we see in our world. While we desire peace, we know that peace will really not come until the Prince of Peace returns. Lord, make us ready for the Prince of Peace. Make those who know not Christ ready by drawing them into faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow.